What is up, YQR? My name is Kenya. My name's Haley. And we are going to be talking about cheese. Cheese. All the cheese. Cheese is so good. Cheese is good. Yeah. That's one of my favorite foods. I don't like blue cheese, though. You're the, yeah. I, that's a, that's were you fair. about to say you're the only one? Yeah, but I'm then not. I realized you were. So <laughs> that's most people. I'm yeah. one of those people that loves blue cheese. Like, mm, hot wings, blue cheese. How it's where it's at, man. Mm, I just eat the hot wings. I don't do them. <laughs> like I don't need this blue cheese crap to put on the side. <laughs> Thank you though, ranch. I'll take that. Mm, not on the hot wings. I'll use the ranch for the carrots. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, the two carrot sticks and two <laughs> celeries that they bring along. Well, we're pretty lucky. We have um, Alina from Takeaway Gourmet. Um, I have known Alina for a few years um, before she decided to open a cheese shop. And when she was starting, I was so excited. I went all the time. I still go. It's one of my favorite little places. They have lots of local brands. And a lot of people don't even know that it's open. Yeah. So. I just met this woman and she is badass. Right? Yeah. She yeah. does a lot of stuff. Yeah. So we are going to be getting into her interview and discussing her cheesy endeavors yeah and politics a little bit yeah we'll get into that because she's on ndp yes she's yeah. running so um other than her <laughs> we do have a awesome band we are featuring oh um, yeah hoodoo mafia hoodoo mafia hoodoo mafia and they are an old school funk heavy metal rap group from regina Heck yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of words. <laughs> Live in the party. <laughs> awesome. Well, you can check them out on our Instagram and uh, in between each of our little segments here. Yes. So here is Hoodoo Mafia. You might get a head kick. This LP is about to get hectic. The new method came back to kill it while we were racing the village. E money plays each whip with mad precision. DJs, Mr. Bass Man, all business. RJ's cutting up keys like a locksmith. Brother Dawn does a head knock it. Drop it! All right, so we are here with. Alina, and she runs Takeaway Gourmet, but also does a hundred other things. So please tell us a little bit about yourself. So I do, in fact, own Takeaway Gourmet, which has, I think, Saskatchewan's best cheese, yeah, delicious mm -hmm. local <laughs> products, many other fine things. I am also a school board trustee with Regina Public. In my second term, I serve as vice president for the Saskatchewan School Boards Association, sit on the U of R Senate, and I am also a candidate in the upcoming provincial election for the NDP in Regina University. Wow. That is amazing. <laughs> Should we see how many cheese puns we can get through in this entire podcast? I'd be very disappointed if we didn't. Okay, perfect. Because <laughs> I only know three. Like, this is going to be a good uh, episode. Unbelievable. <laughs> Okay, this is going to be great. So we, I mean, I get to come into your shop. You also not only have cheese, but you have a lot of local options, which I find amazing. Um, but tell us a little about the specifications of cheese, I guess. Where do you mostly get your cheese from? 
So there is a fabulous job of which I was previously unaware, um, but wish I had known about in high school or university, <laughs> and it is called being a cheese broker. Oh my god! Right? What? So I have a pretty fun job in that I get to sell cheese and eat cheese and be around cheese. <laughs> However, there are people whose job is to travel around the world, uh, build relationships with local suppliers, providers. And set up the kind of supply chains, import, export, all of that uh, internationally. And then once it gets to Canada, most of it comes in through the port in Montreal. They deal with all of the duties, import, export, the CFIA, kind of Canadian Food Inspection Agency regulation. And then I just get a list of all of the glorious stuff that's around. And I ask for what I would like. <laughs> and it arrives five to ten days later. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So are there, okay, I have 100 questions after that, but are there certain cheeses that can't come into Canada? Yes. Um, not what people would think. There's still a bit of a misconception out there that you can't get raw milk cheeses in Canada. That's incorrect. Um, you can import raw milk cheeses, no problemo. They have to be over they have to be a certain amount of time old, as strange as that sounds. Oh, just to maybe the bacteria dies yeah, off? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but you can use sheep cheese, goat cheese, buffalo milk cheese, raw cheese, pasteurized cheese. And so do most of your cheeses, are, are, from, are they from overseas or do you get any cheeses from Canada? Most of them are from overseas. We do try and carry as many Canadian cheeses as we can. There are some strange and frustrating realities of interprovincial trade, which impact uh, cheese in Canada particularly, as strange as this sounds. In some cases, it's easier for me to get, say, a raw milk cloth-bound cheddar from Scotland than it is to get one from Alberta. Weird. Yeah. Oh. So I'm not an expert on this, but my understanding is in order to sell interprovincially, Across provincial boundaries, you have to meet a certain standard of regulations with Canadian Food Inspection Agency, which is all fine and dandy. Uh, you know, food safety is important. Public health is really important. However, getting through that process is very expensive uh, and costly in, in terms of both money and time. So a lot of the smaller producers doing really interesting things mm -hmm. don't bother because it's so expensive and time-consuming and also most of them are in Quebec, BC, and Ontario, which is traditionally where most of our delicious Canadian cheeses come from. But also they have such a huge population within that province that it doesn't make sense to spend potentially hundreds of thousands oh, of dollars right. to sell to Alina in Regina. <laughs> <laughs> so they can just, they can sell it to where their community is. They yeah. just can't export so it out of the province. is most Canadian cheese sold out of country then? Or is, is that less difficult to sell it out of country? So I would say most interesting artisanal small batch cheese is sold within Canada but within those three provinces predominantly right some of the there's some really famous Canadian cheeses like Avonlea cheddar oh uh, god now I'm gonna blank and humiliate <laughs> myself Oka things like that uh, that are really well known but those are produced in such large standards that they have to be regulated at that higher level anyways oh, okay. and you know, most of the big grocers, like the Safeways, right. the, the superstores, they bring them in and they can sell them for cheaper than I can. So, right. Yeah. Fair enough. And how many cheeses do you normally have on hand? At any given time, we have, I would say, between 18 and 24 out. 
you can't see I'm making little hair, hand quotations around <laughs> out. We probably have around 40 in the shop, but we have a limited amount of space because refrigeration is very expensive, right. as I learned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we only actually have room for about 18 to 24 at any time. And do you switch it up a lot or do you have a lot of the same cheeses around? I try and keep in 10 regular bestsellers, like our most popular ones. Mm -hmm. And then the remaining, you know, 10 to 12, I try and cycle through. Cool. Um, what is the oldest cheese you've ever seen with your in your store? In my store, I would say the oldest cheese that we carry regularly is we have a six-year-old cheddar. Uh, it comes from Quebec, actually. Super sharp, super nippy. Um, and that one is basically really familiar. It's what you'd associate with an old cheddar. But comes from Quebec. It's called uh, Silo Cheddar or Silo. And it's super fun because we get a lot of little people in the shop. So you can, like, give a five-year-old a piece of cheese uh, and be like, cool. this is older than you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a question about that because I'm cu curious to know how you age a, ch a cheese without it going bad. Right. So I am not obviously a cheese producer. That's actually a really right. cool job that in uh, – in dairy farms and certainly in Europe is is like a very legitimate profession. It's called I, I know the French word for it, it's affineur. It's basically you age cheese. Oh okay. that's like just yeah, your job. That is your job. And basically cheese I I associate the making of cheese to the making of beer or alcohol. Little okay. bit art, little bit science, but kind of the same process. You have a liquid, you know, some sort of dairy product, and you throw in some sort of acid and some sort of uh, bacterial culture, mm -hmm. and you get these magical, magical products. <laughs> but the aging process itself, so whether it's the length of time, uh, so the older a cheese is, typically the harder it tends to be, because as you age a cheese, the moisture... Uh, the moisture content of the cheese goes down okay. and the lactose level also decreases if it's a cow's oh. milk cheese. So like if you've ever made or bought those delicious Parmesan crackers, uh -huh. the reason you can do that is because an old Parmesan has such a low level of lactose that it's not going to melt and get like stringy like delicious nacho cheese. Oh. It's going to crisp. So the length of time you age a cheese really impacts the taste and the texture. Um, but also where you age it, so the environment. Yeah. So there are legitimate things called cheese caves. <laughs> okay. Like caves. Where Cave you caves. Cheese. Yep. Some of them are natural. So if uh, you Google the Cheddar Gorge in England, it is caves, which is where <laughs> cheddar cheese comes from. It was That aged. is amazing. <laughs> Just like a cave in the side. There's a hole in the wall on the side of our mountain with cheese in it. Imagine stumbling <laughs> upon that. <laughs> What about in like thousands of years when someone, like we're all gone and there's just cheese aging? It'll be amazing. It'll be fabulous. And there's like, there's some man-made caves. So uh, one of our uh, frequent flyer cheeses is kind of a classic French cheese called Comte. It's really savory, um, kind of like a Gruyere or a Swiss cheese, um, but it's French. And Comte, the uh, variety that we bring in, they the producer bought an old medieval fortress Full, like a stone fortress and turned it into a cheese cave. Okay. I want to do that. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want to be when I grow All up. All right. You yeah. have fun. <laughs> but Imagine that's hella expensive. <laughs> All these jobs you didn't know existed yeah. and you're like immediately resentful of your high school guidance <laughs> yeah, counselors. No, no kidding. Oh my gosh. Um, what's your youngest cheese? So we carry some really nice fresh goat cheeses. Ooh. 
Uh, right now it is early May, so they are super delicious. Spring is great for fresh cheese. Okay. Because all the happy little goats and sheep are prancing around meadows, eating the first grass of spring, and so it's extra delicious. So those tend to be uh, between 45 to 120 days old. Okay. Um, and that would probably be the f- youngest cheese that we carry. Right. And I've always wondered why cheddar is dyed orange because actually well not always I'd say I recently found out that cheddar is dyed orange and I why yeah so obviously no animal makes orange milk (laughs) (laughs) which is reassuring (laughs) uh about brown cows chocolate milk only yeah Yeah. right it just comes that way yeah (laughs) so any cheese I should say any also with a little bit of an asterisk beside it but any good cheese that you buy that is orange has something called annatto added to it annatto is a natural plant dye it comes from the nuts of a tree it's um i don't know how to pronounce this but i think it's acute powder it's also super commonly used in um south american and mexican cuisine and it makes things super red but it's added to cheese as a natural coloring agent the apocryphal story as to why Uh uh-huh is that Dutch cheese, about, you know, 400 years ago, they used to put annatto into the cheese set aside for, like, royal or noble use. And oh. some enter- so that's how you knew, like, oh, this is the good shit that's going to, <laughs> that's going to the king. Right. Um, and some enterprising cheesemaker in Holland decided, well, if people think that this cheese, that's orange, is the better stuff, I'm going to start adding it to my normal cheese and sell it for more money. Oh. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just orange food coloring. Yeah. It <laughs> might be now. Some cheap stuff does have like red food dye 38 or whatever. Yeah, right. The one that makes yeah. you hyper as a kid. <laughs> yeah. One. My yeah. little brother couldn't have red dye I tell, as a I'm, not, kid. I'm not kidding. It's a thing. We honestly have people who come in who ask about that because they're super allergic and then they find out it's a natto and they're just over the moon. Oh, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, so what is your favorite type of cheese? Oh, that's such a good question. And I can't pick one. Okay, what, what if we like break it down into categories? So I have a top five. Okay. All right. Um, and I, re- I really love a fresh goat cheese. Not everybody likes fresh chevre, but I love goat cheese with like a little bit of honey or some mustard. That so sounds good. Any fresh goat cheese is going to be in the top five. Any super, super seductive, soft, creamy cheese <laughs> yeah, going to be in there, too. Like a triple cream from France. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, that was my original favorite cheese. Um, it, it's our best seller right now, probably because I'm so passionate about <laughs> You're it. Like, buy this. Yeah, That's buy this awesome. cheese. Yeah, this is uh, amazing. It's called Chateau de Bourgogne, and it, it is, is good. a triple it's basically we say it's the socially acceptable way to eat butter it's so good <laughs> and then i also like a blue cheese yeah got mm-hmm. some smelly cheese mm-hmm. i'm not a huge fan if you want to try and get into it and i mean you do you i'm a big proponent of people just buying what they like and eating what they like yeah a little bit of honey on a blue cheese takes away some of that kind of funky bite to it. Oh, okay. so. oh yeah. mm-hmm. that's fun facts with Alina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's weird. We sell way more blue cheese than we do goat cheese. Really? Oh, that's surprising. Yeah, it's contrary to what I thought because, you know, blue cheese has this reputation for being scary and smelly and full of mold. But uh, mm-hmm. sad news, people of Regina, all cheese is mold. <laughs> In case you were wondering. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think, and this is totally unscientific, this is just 
uh, baseless and spurless speculation from me. Uh, you know how some people think cilantro tastes like soap? Yeah. I just learned that now. One third of people. It's like a genetic thing. It I is. I love cilantro. I know. That's why people are always like, I don't like cilantro. It's because they think it tastes like soap. Yeah. Weird. They're not just wrong. Yeah, like They're a, biologically <laughs> wrong. Genetic makeup. Yeah. They have a, they have a problem with their genetics. I, I think there's something with goat milk, too. Oh. Okay. Because mm-hmm. we'll have, that. at first I thought it was maybe because, you know, so many people in Saskatchewan still essentially have one foot in the farm. And, you know, they grew up on a farm with animals. And people would come in and be like, oh, my God, I just can't. That cheese tastes the way a goat smells. <laughs> I don't oh. know what that means. <laughs> yeah, like, all right. Never smelled a goat. Yeah. But. but I don't taste it at all. Um, and at first I thought it was maybe folks who, like, still spend a lot of time on farms or with goats. or. But, right. Uh, yeah, now I, I think it might be a genetic thing that some people just taste huh. like that kind of super weird, musky animal taste. Weird. Yeah. That, I, I see it. It yeah. makes sense because, like, now that I think about the people that don't like goat cheese in my life, hmm. like, I think that's how it works. Biologically yeah. wrong, not just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think you're right. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. I so, love it. <laughs> so you do all sorts of things, and then you decided you wanted to open a cheese shop. How did that happen? So the fun anecdote is that I just like recklessly signed a lease, um, <laughs> which is partially true. But to be fair to myself, I did spend probably about six months, you know, getting up at 4.35 in the morning, working on a business plan, running numbers, finding suppliers and stuff like that. But long story short, um, I had kept a retail shift, uh, Saturday shifts at Pacific Fresh Fish here in Regina, even when I had, you know, my grown-up office job, um, because I both really like seafood, so it let me <laughs> get the staff discount and spend pretty much all my paycheck back into the store, because, you know, <laughs> millennials. <laughs> um, but I also, it always felt different than work, and uh, then, you know, my kind of typical nine to five, and I really liked it. I liked being part of people's day, and not being from Regina originally, there were certain things that I really missed here that I couldn't find, Okay. And so, to be fair, I moved here in 2011, and things have, you know, the city's gotten so much more multicultural and so much more cosmopolitan in a lot of ways, I think, even since then. Um, But I always kind of had in the back of my mind that Regina needed a little, like, cheese store, gourmet food shop, and I had switched jobs. Um, I'd made a move in my career that I was really excited about at the time. And it took me about six weeks at my new job to be like, oh, God, I've made a terrible, <laughs> terrible mistake. You're like, this isn't for me. Yeah, I very professionally remember going into my manager's office and being like, I think I felt my soul die today. And I don't think I can do this anymore. And I also think that you guys should have somebody in this role who's super passionate about it. I ended up staying uh, for about nine months, which was, in retrospect, a terrible decision. I should have quit then, um, but I've never not had a job. Like I, right, uh, yeah. You know, I started work when I was fourteen. Then I went to school. I worked twenty hours a week the whole time I was at school, and then I graduated. And I think when I moved to Saskatchewan, I was unemployed for about three weeks, and it was like, hell, oh my god, I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> so the idea of quitting and not having a thing to do was just totally foreign. In retrospect, I should have just quit. It would have been way better for my mental health. But um, 
I applied to the U of R to do my PhD and I did all that work on uh, kind of business plans and doing some research and uh, trying to figure out whether this was a viable business model, you know, how much I'd have to sell to keep the lights on and thought that uh, made a decision that I would do whichever I heard back from first. And I heard back from my wonderful credit union affinity before I heard back from the U of R and quit my job and recklessly signed a lease. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, How did you get into cheese, I guess, specifically to begin with? I have always liked food. I've always <laughs> liked cheese. Uh, I had the good fortune of going to university in Montreal, which is a super delicious city. Uh, <laughs> it was actually terrible for my worldview in the sense that all food there is really so good and so cheap. And so kind of essentially coming of age there from 17 to 22 and thinking, oh, life is just like this. All food is affordable and gourmet (laughs) and you can get, you know, glorious cheese at the bodega under your apartment for like $5. Like I was super poor in university. (laughs) Student loans, you know, I worked, uh, like I said, part-time while going to school full-time, but I could still buy delicious cheese. So definitely gave me a totally uh, irresponsible (laughs) (laughs) exposure to delicious food. but also, I think it's such a like great social food, right? It's an easy way to entertain. You know, throw out a couple pieces of cheese, and everybody's happy. And when I uh, when I first finished university, my husband, now husband, and I used to, you know, scrape together like twenty five bucks and go buy a couple pieces of cheese and like an eight dollar bottle of wine, and that was our Friday <laughs> night. So, does he love cheese as much as you do? Uh, he does, and it is very expensive how much he likes cheese. Oh, no. <laughs> he likes the good stuff. He does, and he used to hate blue cheese, so that used to be my cheese, and now he's developed a taste for it. Oh, so. God dang you it. have to hide it. I do. I'll bring home cheese from work, and then, because uh, I have Sunday, Mondays off, but Sunday I normally run around and do things, and then it'll be Monday evening, and I'll be like, ah, time to enjoy the spoils of my business. There's <laughs> nary a speck of cheese to be had. <laughs> like, damn it. Have you ever tried to make cheese before? Uh, I've tried unsuccessfully to make cream cheese. Yeah. Um, and I've made, um, you know, some pretty crummy paneer and queso fresco and ricotta and stuff. But uh, I've never had the patience to make a real cheese. It's, oh, okay. I have many strengths and that's not one of them. <laughs> Selling fair. is the strength. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair. So when someone comes into your shop, you're saying kids can try cheese. Can we come and try cheese whenever uh, yeah, we want? Yeah, you can. <laughs> we also allow polite and well-behaved dogs in when the door is open. Right. So anytime we drop a piece of cheese on the floor and then can no longer sell it, it becomes dog cheese. Oh, so, yeah. smart. My dog gets super farty when he has cheese. <laughs> it's funny. We have some very snobby dogs that come in. I yeah. I'm like, I am offering you a 24-month-old cave-age Gruyere, and you are turning your nose up at it, sir? <laughs> like, unacceptable. People would be so lucky to have that cheese. <laughs> do you also uh, sell to any restaurants or do any collaborations with some of the restaurants in Regina? We do. Uh, we sell once in a while to Avenue. Um, so they've used our stuff, which has been awesome. Yes, nice and fancy. Mm-hmm. I've actually never been here a lot. Very fancy, very nice. <laughs> Where else do you... Uh, anywhere else? Uh, we also sell to Homestead Bar Ave. Oh, uh, yes. New little wine bar just opened up in, I think, the Gardner Park Mall. Right. It's um, beside the Western Pizza. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right near Ralph Goodale's constituency yes. office. 
super awesome. And so they do a weekly charcuterie board with our glorious fromage. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> I know. I went last night and ate my own cheese. It was, <laughs> it was epic. Do you sell anything in your shop that isn't cheese? We do. We do sell uh, as many good local products as I can get my hands on. Um, so there's, again, some like weird regulations around, you know, kitchen production and labeling and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I'm a big proponent of supporting local producers making awesome stuff. So like we've got mixed granola, we've got baichu kimchi, gravelberg mustard, uh, lots of local bread, freshly made. And then we have like a smattering of things for entertaining and basically fancy condiments, hot sauces, oils, all of the things that like I have a deep problem with purchasing too much. <laughs> so They're like yeah. these are really for me, nice. but yeah, for but others I'm, also to share. I'm trying to build it up slowly. So, so many kind of classic gourmet food stores, you know, you go in and there's just like 3,000 products and you wander around and you're like, okay, well, there's like 45 tomato sauces. <laughs> Which one is good? And now that we're coming up to about two years in business uh we've definitely expanded but i like to make sure that i've actually had every single one of our products and know that it's good yeah that's a good way to do it mm -hmm. yeah well yeah if you're buying like nine dollar tomato sauce you want it to be good tomato sauce that's right <laughs> better be yeah better be the best damn tomato <laughs> sauce i've ever had how big is this can <laughs> not nearly big enough <laughs> so do you make anything with your cheese in store that we can come purchase other than just the cheese? Yeah, so we do uh, cheese and charcuterie boards to take out. We do every single one custom. Um, I think they're a super good deal. People, catering companies in town tell me like, you should charge more, but uh, we don't charge for labor, any of the little uh, fun bits that go on them, like fruit and mustards and honeys. Oh, okay. And then we also make a very fancy weekly grilled cheese that we call a smush witch. <laughs> nice. Because yeah. we I need to go smush try it in a grill so it gets very melty and gooey. And uh, we are also always open to suggestions. So if there are things. What are, tell us some cool ones. Because I, I see them on Instagram, but then I'm like, oh, my God, I need that. <laughs> so I think the wildest one that we've done, uh, which was totally customer inspired, uh, one of our regulars came in. And she wanted the smush witch of the week. We were sold out. And she's like, if I just buy things, will you melt them together for me? <laughs> I said, sure. So we did uh, soft, creamy French cheese on a baguette. And we did like crispy, delicious fried onions and a little bit of a dark cherry and chocolate torta, which is kind of like a almost like a fruitcake, but not disgusting. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's a little sweet, a little spicy very melty with a nice bit of crunch so that's a good way to put that because i hate fruitcake yeah <laughs> <laughs> like fruitcake but not gross yeah. yeah i don't understand people who like it yeah. maybe it's a biological thing i think yeah as soon as you turn whatever your dna changes and you like fruitcake so there's that <laughs> um so how long have you been open so far, you were saying? Coming up on two years. That's it's almost our second birthday. Woo! We're into the terrible twos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, are there any local cheeses that you can get in? There are only two. So we have two local cheesemakers in the whole province, uh, which is sad that there's only two, but they do great stuff. Yeah, that seems really low. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, part of it is I think we just, like, don't have that many people, right? Yeah, that's true. So there's a guy named Kevin Petty. He's up in Saskatoon, and he has a company called Saskatoon Spruce. And they've only been in business, I think, about six months. And they sell at the farmer's market. I believe they sell to Italian Star Deli, Local and Fresh, and us. 
And then there's Kirby, who's out in Saskatoon, and he or in Saskatoon, in Moose Jaw. <laughs> and he and his wife, Crystal, have Coto Hills Creamery, and they do a glorious Balkan-style feta. Ooh, Ooh, nice. I like feta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so we were going to ask, is there other any other cheeseries in town? I'd say we're probably the most aggressively cheese-focused. <laughs> There's Sask Cheese Factory on Quants, too. They're super lovely, and they do um, some other little bits. They can get pastries and Northside bakeries in there as well. Italian Star obviously has delicious cheese mm-hmm. and sandwiches as well. Um, they tend to do some more Italian cheeses than we do. Right. And obviously, I'm not going to step to Italian Star Deli on Italian cheeses. <laughs> uh, and I think... That's it. Okay. So, I mean, I think there's room for more. Like, the more people doing cool stuff with food and beer and culture, I think the better it is for yeah. all of us. So. Me and Kenya talk a lot about that because I come from Saskatoon. And in Saskatoon, there's a lot of local restaurants and things like that. Whereas in Regina, there's a lot of franchises. Mm-hmm. And it drives me up the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot more anyways, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think Saskatoon has, like, the most independent restaurants per capita in Canada or something bonkers like that. Yeah, it's insane. You could go to a different place every day. Every time I'm there, I have such a hard time deciding where to eat. And, oh, <laughs> like, yes. where, you, where do I go this time? And I, I think we're doing better, but I think, yeah, it's still, you know, like, I've never been to Olive Garden, so maybe it's great, but people were wild when that was announced. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, there was an uprising on the internet. Like, everybody had an opinion about the frickin' Olive Garden I coming know. to Regina. I know. And I'm like, oh, we have so many great little local places that are, yeah. you know, just trying to break in. And exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Olive Garden. I know. Yeah, I've Jeez. never been to one. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever even seen one, to be quite honest. I think I've seen eyes. one, like, on the side of a highway in the States yeah. somewhere. But, yeah. <laughs> I think where I've seen it, too. It might be up there with fruitcake with a generational thing. (laughs) Like my father-in-law, just wonderful man. Great taste, but man, does he love an olive garden. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Maybe they have good pasta. I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out. That's true. (laughs) Soon. You guys should do live on location. Oh, my gosh. You should sell them cheese. I should. (laughs) We we really wanted to get someone on who is really passionate about the debate, but no one messaged us back that we messaged. Like, come on. I know you don't want to be like, you're already online talking about it. You don't want to talk about it on a podcast. Come on. <laughs> Debater style, pro or counter, yeah. counter uh, Olive Garden. That's what I yeah. wanted to do. No, no one was into Aww. it. No. <laughs> um, do you thing. have, for as far as cheeses go, do you, so you were saying the ones that are older have less lactose. Does that mean that you have lactose-free cheeses technically? Not technically <laughs> in the sense that like... But a lot of folks who have issues with lactose and, you know, everybody's body's different and I can eat all delicious foods. I have no allergies, so I have no idea what it must be like. But uh, people who uh, have issues with lactose are generally much more tolerant of older cheeses mm-hmm. and sheep and goat milk cheeses because they have different proteins in the milk. So, Right. Yeah, I have heard that. My aunt cool. can eat goat cheese and she's lactose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have lots of very excited people for the sheep and goat cheese. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about diet cheese? So obviously I am not a vegan. Yeah. Um, and I've had it. I think it's fine. I think plant-based cheeses are awesome. There's mm. a couple really cool Canadian companies um, beyond diet doing really interesting plant-based cheeses. There's uh, Blue Heron. 
out of Vancouver, Nuts for Cheese out of Ontario. There's another one called Georgian Bay Fomagerie. <laughs> oh, love a love pun. It. And they do some like crazy cheese. Like it looks like real cheese. Mm-hmm. So my thoughts on that is like I think it's fabulous. I think giving people food options is awesome. And obviously like plant-based eating is better for the environment in many yeah, cases. Yeah. Um, but – and I was a vegetarian for about a decade, but – my personal attitude to all of that stuff was like, I think it's good as it is, but like if you give me plant-based cheese and tell me it's going to taste exactly the same as a brie, like for sure it's not. No, that's true. Right? It has and, a different taste yeah. to it. And it can be branded differently. Yeah, like yeah. it can be a good thing in its own right, but you know, mm. the same way you're not going to be able to have vegan bacon that tastes exactly like bacon, but it might be good as its own thing. Mm-hmm. So Somebody said that diet cheese in particular is more popular because it melts well. Yeah, I've heard that too. So um, we actually have uh, T-Box Concessions, a new food truck that's opening up in the city. Um, We have a small commercial kitchen in the back of our shop that they basically built and uh, they use that. And so I know they love it and they do some pretty excellent uh, vegan-based concessionary food. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about cheap cheese. The cheese you go and get at the supermarket, but you're probably like, why do you buy that? (laughs) So... I am a, I am a full equal cheese opportunity lover. <laughs> like I can put down half a jar of queso in 15 minutes. I honestly like part of I think why we've been so successful in selling, you know, like weird cave aged washed rind imported cheeses is because we really try and not be snobby about it. Um, We took a lot of learnings from some of the local breweries in town, everything from, you know, when you go into the Bushwhacker Multinational and they've got some like blood orange vanilla bean gosa on tap. You're (laughs) like, what is that and what does it mean? Right. You might not buy it unless you've sampled it and you know you're going to like it, Mm -hmm. uh, which is why we sample our cheese. And like the same way that I think if you're not snobby about your product and you're open and accessible, people are going to buy what they like. So you love cheese in a can, good for you. As long as you're open to trying other things, who cares? Like You I, eat that swi- uh, cheese whiz. <laughs> oh, I've, I've seen oh, – well, I haven't seen it here because I don't know if we have a lot of it here, but I've seen videos of people just – Emptying a can of sprayable cheese into their mouths and like, <laughs> not for me. I, I love a Velveeta. So, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have to go to the States. I know. I get it. I've had Velveeta here. It's the spray, different. the specific Oh, for the spray, spray cheese. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm. All right. No, thank you. <laughs> so aside from running this super awesome, su- successful small store uh, just off 13th, you also are a candidate for the NDP, correct? Yes, I am. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about your platform. Oh, so the actual formal platform <laughs> is uh, obviously those things come out uh, right before the election. But I've I've always been interested in politics. Um, honestly, like I this kind of a personal personal legend i remember kim campbell becoming prime minister when i was like three and being hysterical because i wanted to be the first female prime minister in canada (laughs) like Like, yeah (laughs) game over dreams crushed time to move on uh so i've always seen politics as like a public service but a really important way to engage with your community whether it's through voting or volunteering or running for office um to try and make the world a better place So in terms of issues that I 
care about and I feel really passionately about. Obviously, education is number one for me. Um, Being a school board trustee, I see education as like the smartest and most ethical investment that society should make. Mm -hmm. In Saskatchewan, we have the highest rates of child hunger, child poverty, highest rates of infant mortality. Child suicide. Yeah, we've got like some pretty grim statistics. Mm -hmm. And I see education as such a critical tool in making society a little bit a little bit better a little bit kinder a little bit healthier and uh, helping people help themselves uh also obviously small business is something i'm super passionate about um i think that by and large in canada conservative governments get to wear the mantle of being business friendly when really beyond large corporate tax cuts which don't really help actual smaller independently owned mm-hmm. businesses the same way that they you know, just even due to issues of scale, help really big corporations. I find that problematic, and I want to push back against that a little bit, Mm -hmm. Um, both being a young woman in business uh, and also a business owner with progressive politics. I'm a little, at least I'm seen as a minority, and I don't believe that's true. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a lot of false information out there. Like, we pay $15 an hour at my shop, and we've done that since we opened, Uh, I go to forums and I hear people saying, well, that's impossible and there's no way that you can do that and run a business. And like, I literally opened a gourmet food store in a recession. (laughs) I sell a luxury product. It's not a necessity. And we pay our staff a living wage. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do that because it was important to me to walk the walk if I was going to talk the talk. And like, sure, does it mean maybe I take home a little bit less in profits every month. Yeah, but it's the ethical thing to do. And also, my staff have more expendable income. They feel more secure and they buy cheese. So it's, <laughs> it's just it goes in circles. It's win everybody else. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Can you tell us a little bit of the um, things that we can do to support you maybe in this endeavor? Oh my gosh. Um, so first of all, you are both two smart, capable young women. And I think that it's really important that we have people engaged in the political process who look like the communities that we want to represent. Even for me, I am a, you know, I, I've definitely had some, some downtimes in my life, but for all intents and purposes, I am a privileged white lady with graduate degrees who owns a small business. Um, I should not be the minority <laughs> in politics, mm-hmm. uh, but I still am. So having more young people, more queer people, more people of color represented, whether as candidates or volunteering or making their voices heard, I think is so important. Mm -hmm. But also I think just by and large, if you care about issues that matter, whether at the local level and you want to engage municipally, um, you know, you care about the rail yards, you look at that like beautiful stretch of real estate in the old Chinatown along 11th. There's some cool small businesses there, but also tons of empty space. And you're like, oh, God, I wish that there was some way to fill that with, like, more independent businesses. Write to your city councilor. Get engaged. Sit on committees. Talk to your friends. (laughs) And also, if you're like, well, why would I join a political party? You know, what does that look like? What does having a membership mean? Ask those questions of leaders and people in positions of power, because I think we need to be having those conversations, because the way that people engage with power and institutions like government and political parties is changing and we're not 
really adapting to it that quickly. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, millennials are the single biggest demographic in Regina and, and in Canada. And if we're not taking control of the decisions that are being made, we're basically letting other people decide what our present state and what our future looks like. So get involved. Take the reins, ladies. <laughs> also, come to my fundraisers. Yes. <laughs> Tell us all about the fundraisers coming up. Uh, so we have one coming up on uh, June 13th. It is, surprise, wine and cheese. No. Uh, so some gourmet food pairings <laughs> and some really nice natural wines. And it's going to be at Homestead Bar Avain, which I mentioned before, but mm. like, also, in terms of businesses owned by, like, young people doing cool shit in the city, like, go to Homestead. They're honestly fabulous. And oh. uh, letting me rent out their space. Yeah. So. <laughs> so thanks to them. Yeah. June 13th, 60 bucks, and uh, you get a bunch of wine and cheese. So Perfect. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to add today, Alina? Uh, I just wanted to say thanks to you guys for doing this podcast because I know, I mean, times change and I'm getting old, but I know when I first moved here, um, finding out about new things in the city or even interesting things going on was really hard, especially if somebody not being from here and like moving here with no established social circle and all of my awesome colleagues were fabulous, but they were like 50 and 60 and had teenagers to deal with, right? So they weren't going to be like, hey girl, let me show you around. So having things like this, I think is both really awesome for people who live here, but really important for community building um, Mm. as we go forward. So thank you guys for doing this and like making a platform for uh, people doing cool stuff in the city. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for being here with us. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Yes. Anytime. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Kick you in your teeth so you can't eat for 20 weeks. That's what I've been saying when I'm talking in my sleep. Like a unicorn with oxen horns and ostrich feet. I'm a bit unusual, but when you see me rocking beats, your heart is on the beat and eat a little bit of regular. Pull you underneath the funk, may constipate and strangle ya. Pull you down and tangle up your toes in frozen swamp roots. Waist high in swamp roof, that's something you don't want to. Drag you down deeper, try and stay afloat like pontoons. Funky beats I consume and I never wear a costume and I can't too. Models at the bar, when we're chilling I go hard cause we winning. A cigar filled with spinach, this is me. Got nothing to hide, since 03 had this look in my eye. Kid with no wings he was looking to fly. With a birthmark he would never disguise. No officer I will never comply. Only for fakes I got hate in my eye. Aquarius kid if I'm repping a sign. Explosive commotion when setting up minds. Okay, so when I grow up, I want to be Alina Young. <laughs> she is amazing. Right? She does so many things. I and she just I wouldn't be able to organize all that. <laughs> like, how do you do your I like life? to have my time on my couch, you know, just the me time. A lot of Netflix. A lot of Netflix. Less chill, but a lot of Netflix. Fine. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> But hey, at least we learned all the cool things we need to know about cheese. Yes. She's like a cheese expert. I know. Right? This is fantastic. Yeah. Like orange cheese, man. Orange cheese. God, like you can get cheese, cheddar cheese that isn't dyed, but then most of it is dyed. Yeah, but then you're not royalty, so. I guess so. That's true. <laughs> I want to be royal Home as be fuck. be fancy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why they still do it. I guess they just, just... Now it's cheddar's known to be orange. Like yeah. when you're a kid and you look at your fucking stupid book about cheese, it's, it's gonna orange. be orange. Yeah, lots of people don't know that it it's dyed that way. Yeah, no, no, I didn't. Didn't until you told me. 
Fuck yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about this and I figured it out all by myself. <laughs> it was like on a, it was one of the podcast stuff you should know. Yeah. One of them was about cheese. Yep. Yeah. Well, this is our podcast. It's our version of cheese. What you should know about cheese. Yes. It's much better. <laughs> I want to also live in a cave with cheese one day. Oh my God. Uh. Imagine just coming across that. <laughs> it would be the best day ever. It would be in heaven. <laughs> Future us. <laughs> dot 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 cave exploring for cheese yeah find all the cheese <laughs> <laughs> we'll go backpacking <laughs> mark well, off the chief caves on our map no kidding well we always like to end the podcast in a way to basically make your community a better place yes go out and do something good yeah and i think we both agree is more young people should get into politics yes um i saw something it was a tweet saying that Millennials now outnumber baby boomers. So if we all go and vote, we actually do have a say. It's not. Then we can get our vote across. I don't think they understand. It would matter. But like, not just NDP, but vote. Just get involved. Whoever you want to vote for, just go. Just go out. Be involved. Vote for them. Just vote. Just vote. God damn it. (laughs) Make sure it's coming in October. So we won't tell you who to vote for, but whoever you want to vote for, just vote. Vote. God damn it. Get there. Get a nice little button to show off on your fucking Instagram stories. Okay. And if you've moved, you have to change your address on CRA because last (laughs) vote, I had to go to North Battleford to vote because my (laughs) government address is still at my parents' house. You're like, God damn. (laughs) Driving a long way for this vote. I better count. (laughs) All right. Well, this is two broke girls that decided to start. What? What am I saying? I don't know. Two broke girls who acquired a microphone. And this is how that happened. Goodbye. That's how this happened. We suck. Fuck.
I'm monstrous, sorta of like a monster truck. Come rock with us, doing it from dawn to dusk. Luca Vibes getting busy when he chops shit up. I suggest you throw away the key and lock me up. Come on, but it don't stop there. Keep the city rocking like my grandma's chair. Got a pot full of broth and blue zest. Who's next? Here to put you to the true test. Put your boots on. You don't wanna step on what I send ya. Thorns galore, a concord, a foreign character. Keep watch. I think they might be onto us. Thinking back to Fernie morning rides in the gondolas. The who who do jam out for you. The how, cause we got funky style. The where, anywhere that you care to dance. Right now, get up off your ass. Whoever said that this life was easy? I'm proof of purchase without the receipt. And ask my brother if you don't believe me Had to sober up just to write this EP One day I'ma do it, I'ma move to BC Filling up the Glock with the leader of Fiji My dude played the blues really crude and greasy 